0: Welcome to the Cool Takes Podcast, the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good, actually. Yeah. Every week, we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having Hell bad Hell yeah. And my too. name is Jackson McMurray.
1: And my name is Hype Man Adeline McMurray. Yeah, man. Fuck above
2: <laughs> <up>, Jackson. Woo! <laughs> Ow! And my name is Keisha. Uh, where's my gin? Rhodes. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. Dude. Dude, where's I'll, my cheese? I need
1: to go to
2: Istanbul. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> find a fun Istanbul.
3: little Istanbul. Find a fun In, little
2: bottle. Take it home with me. With me. Yeah, I, I I want Idris Elba to serve me cheese. <laughs> Listen,
1: I've been antique bottle collecting for a while and I've never seen a very hot man
2: come out Are of one of those
1: bottles and those honestly you open.
2: You crack well, that's open? the
1: thing is that I'm keeping them very nicely on my on my desk. Maybe well, I should start cracking these bad boys yeah, open. There
2: might be anything in there. a handsome man books uh books papers that you wrote <laughs> about gonna... how to make a helicopter but you forgot <laughs> your baby you don't know the hate mail that you sent to da vinci because fuck that guy yeah you don't know you don't even know because you might have forgotten by accident By
3: what?
1: okay
2: i wait real quick i do want to
1: talk about so i did go on a youth trip this summer where we went to omsi shout out to omsi everybody loves omsi but it was nobody knows
0: what that is if they don't live in the state of oregon
1: i know what that is but i did live in the state of Oregon. it is a like interactive science museum Everybody loves OMSI, but it's been really shitty. It's the Oregon Museum of Science or whatever. Yeah, or something. I don't know. It stands for put your kid in a rocket ship and they get to sit upside down and then they understand science. That's what OMSI means. But it's been really lame lately because of COVID, so they can't do all their cool, like, interactive science experiences, which is what they usually do. So instead, they got this lame-ass stupid thing about Leonardo da Vinci that they have going on. (gasps) And I say that it's stupid... Because what they did is that they just went through this guy's notebook and they built all of his machines, but they described to you exactly why they don't work and why they're stupid. And I'm like, okay, so he just doodled a bunch of stuff and then did the math wrong and now he's famous for all of time. I don't get it. This man tried four different ways to put a scythe on a boat. There are three, like, d- discrete like, diagrams about how to put a giant scythe onto a boat so that when you drive by the other boat, you just, like, sling it sideways and cut everybody's head off. And we, we don't talk about it enough. Why did he do that?
0: Because to, sli- to slice guys. But
1: why do <laughs> you sometimes slice guys? <laughs>
0: sometimes you need to slice. There are some guys in this world that need to be that sliced need to be sliced I <laughs> think we can all agree. <laughs> like on
1: that. oranges
2: after a soccer game. I mean, listen, if you're sitting in a little old cave in the dark by yourself for years on end. Not everything that you... Leonardo da Vinci was a
0: caveman. That's true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, he did that. He did. He would go sit in a little cave and think of inventions. Not everyone's going to be a winner. Like freaking... (laughs) Thomas Edison is credited, like... 1,093 inventions. Do you think all of those were good? Probably not. Most of them were probably stupid. But listen, but at least like four of them
1: worked. With Mr. Da Vinci, literally none of them worked. I love that. I think they're like... Actually, Leonardo I take that back. back. One of them worked, and it was a big wooden lion that was designed to barf flowers at the king. Oh, and I think that one actually worked. Sick. Everything else didn't work. None of them worked. It's just
2: so funny to me that, like, Leonardo da Vinci, they're like, he was a genius. He thought of tanks before tanks were even invented, like, so many years ago. But it's like, how many people were thinking, wouldn't it be cool if, like, we had a big old turtle thing? Like, if we just rolled around like in some shit and it just like was it could never get hurt you were just like a big old turtle wouldn't that be cool (laughs) Would just, like, just be a big old turtle? Everyone well, thought that. They, everyone thought that. But yeah, the that.
1: Romans had been doing that, where they make all their shields into a little turtle shell, and then they just keep walking, and then they walk up yeah. to the bad guy, and then they they cross the finish line before the bad guy does, and they win the war. Like, I, it's like a very, I don't know, it's a very human idea to be like, what if we were a turtle and we oh couldn't get hurt, but we could hurt other people?
2: This is my last rabbit hole. I'm so sorry, but my one of my housemates recently was like, you guys... I just have this really good idea. Like it's actually a really good idea for a movie and I think I'm going to write it someday. And he was like, "So, it's 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 animated, right? It's about this of like course. witch who retires. She flies around on a broomstick, but then she's bored. So she wants uh-huh. she starts making pizzas and she uses her broomstick <laughs> to deliver the pizzas." That's just keep you that's I, okay. delivery service. I said, I said, "Bro, that is Literally, already a movie. It was a movie yeah. in, ni- in the nineteen eighty nine. Like, yeah. I mean, it's literally just,
0: kind of a canonical was, animated no, movie.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's literally just Kiki's Delivery
1: Service, and he was like, "He did it again." He said, "That's wow. how he knows." He's that's how he knows it's going to be a hit. It's he knows a good idea. He, he said, "Hey,
2: that's a good idea, though. That's a good idea. Maybe if she was old, it would be even better." <laughs> yeah. she made and pizza. just I pizza. I was like, "It is a slight tweak to the premise." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that happens. Sometimes. Kiki's Delivery Service. Too, she's old yeah. and really likes pizza now. Me,
2: yeah, Gigi's delivery service. You know, that's what people call their grandma sometimes.
1: Oh my God, Gigi's pizza! There we go. Yeah, we've connected so, the dots. We got to get Papa uh, Murphy's in here.
2: That'll be her right, husband. So this... Her husband is Papa Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
0: Okay, uh, Adeline. It's pronounced Shaquille O'Neal. You're right. This I'm sorry. On Papa, the podcast, Papa, Papa O'Neal. Oh, wait, hold on. Is Shaquille O'Neal Papa John's or Papa Murphy's?
1: Oh, fuck. I think it is Papa John's. Papa John's is the one that keeps saying them, them dang old Rachel slurs, isn't he? No, Did they you hired know? Okay. Papa John. Or For real, Papa we got
0: to get started soon because I was listening back to our Matrix Revolutions episode a little while ago. I was like, this is one of our best episodes. But then I remember that there's about 15 minutes at the start of it where we talk about <laughs> Disney Channel original programming. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... Wow, this part sucks, and I really like what comes <laughs> later, but we prefaced it with about 40 minutes of nonsense bullshit. Listen, this we is what people a, I don't come want to, to Cool that.
1: Takes for. If you don't come here for the 10-minute preamble where we just talk about whatever the fuck we want, then I don't know why you showed up here today.
0: Uh, ben, uh, ben, of the First Play, formerly of the First Play podcast, rest, friend rest of the, the peace, show, former yeah. guest, uh, is... Related to Papa John. The racial slur Papa John.
1: Oh,
3: my God. Oh, no.
0: Papa John is his, I think, like, second cousin once removed. Like, not, like, super distant. It's, like, kind of like us with Garth Brooks, Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But, uh, like, closer than Garth Brooks. Closer than us with Garth Brooks. Like, like, people in his family have met Papa John. Yeah. Wow. And I think... It's possible we could get Papa John on the show,
1: <laughs> but I don't want Papa John I want on the show. Ask him
0: some hard-hitting questions. He's
1: got a I'd statue of Darth two Brooks. eagles fucking in his house.
0: That sounds awesome. That's I'm not sure what you're
1: is. but I know Sorry. I know everything I need to know about Papa John. He's got that statue in his house, and he cannot and he just can't stop saying racial slurs. And I love and he does the fun thing where he's like I was tricked into saying racial slurs. And it's like, yeah, it because we told you not to say them, sir, that you said them. anyway, I don't want Papa John on the podcast
0: you're you're such a you're such a prude about guests. There was somebody yeah. else I was trying to figure out how to to get him on the show. You that had like, no, like a, that like, had
1: like a problematic past, probably.
2: don't be
0: a don't be a fucking coward. We could talk mm-hmm. to Papa John. Yeah. That's fucking content. I would have baby.
2: an
1: intervention we'll with Papa John. We'll confront yeah. him. Yeah, we'll watch. If,
2: like, if it was just an hour of yelling at Papa John, I'd sign up for that. We'll watch Crash uh, with Papa John. <laughs> That'll
0: solve it. <laughs> That'll teach him the error in his ways. Uh, uh, okay, so hey, today on the Cool Takes Podcast, our topic of discussion is, of course, three thousand years of longing. The best movie ever. You guys are all idiots
2: for not going to that
0: movie.
3: You're all of the world. Here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. Uh, This movie, I you know I think critically, it's not like a runaway success. It's had like mixed positive, mild positive reception. Which is a tragedy. A
2: warm, a warm review.
0: Let me tell you, opening weekend, opening weekend of Three Thousand Years of Longing. All of the movies that outgrossed this one, okay? It can
2: make me say it. Uh, I hope it's not. Number beef.
0: seven at the box office, 3,000 years of longing. Yeah. Number yeah. six at the box office, in its fifth week, DC League of Super Pets. Damn oh, it.
3: My God, no. Uh. Number
0: five, Dragon Ball Super colon superhero. Oh, come on. What? It's
1: like the 17th Dragon Ball Z movie.
0: <laughs> Number four, in its um, in its fourteenth week at the box office, Top Gun: Maverick.
1: Okay, I, well, you know, I hate it. It's here. got that staying power.
0: Number three, in its second week at the box office, Beast, another Andrew elbow it. vehicle where he damn fights it. a lion. Oh yeah, number he does, two fights a lion. goddamn <laughs> lion. In its fifth week at the box office, Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. Damn
1: it. Damn and it, number one,
0: number one at the box office, The Invitation. Oh, which no. is I so, guess a movie about vampire
2: vampires movie? It's a vampire movie yeah. no because get into this that trailer tells you the whole movie there's this girl <laughs> she gets invited to like her like second cousin once removes wedding and then they're like oh my gosh the bride is here and then she's like who's the bride and then the creepy vampire scottish irish boy is like i you are so beautiful he doesn't i don't know what you, he sounds like he's like you are the Dance bride. with me and then she's like isn't the bride supposed to be here aren't you the groom and then they like put her in a wedding dress and then she's running away the end they're all vampires it's so stupid that's so stupid. i don't stupid. know i signed oh, up for that That sounds that's like probably my kind good do. i'm just sick of i'm just like why are you showing the whole movie in the trailer you know like well you don't know yeah, what happens fair, after that fair, what, no, if what if that's if just she, the fr- what's that's the opening act maybe it is maybe it is i'll go see you want me to go give the invitation more money is that what you want okay then <laughs> yeah, i will let's go see I'll, the invitation
0: <laughs> i was probably gonna see it i don't know i will get around to it maybe
2: i'm gonna i'm waiting for streaming that's a streamer for me it's a streamer yeah <laughs> uh
0: there are no good movies at the moment is the thing no this is like as dire a lineup as i have ever seen At the theatrical experience. Well, it's like when you
1: look up, like, what movies came out at the same time as another movie, and you realize that, like, that year it was just, like, all bangers. I forget what movie we did that for recently, but it was, like, Finding Nemo, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, just, like, banger after banger. And then I feel like you would, like, look up, like, what? Movies came out at the same time. It's like, um,
2: The Invitation, and, um... (coughs) super pets
0: super pets and that's um, uh, it
2: freaking super pets I'm so mad about the super pets <laughs> uh,
0: okay so uh, I've been told super pets actually pretty good still uh, I haven't seen it might dip my head in I don't uh, know I like Keanu as Batman I think that's a good uh, that's fine that's a fun yeah, thing yeah that's fine uh, it's fun. so here yeah, so, so it's <sighs> profoundly upset at the abysmal reception to George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. Here's, uh, here's how every time I've tried to talk about this movie to another person has gone. I've said, have you seen 3,000 Years of Longing? They say, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, I okay, crying. well, it's, uh, they say, like, what is it about? I'm like, uh, well, it's a, you know, the long line is like, <laughs> it's about a woman who falls in love with a genie. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, but it's it's George Miller. It's the director of Mad Max Fury Road. And they're like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like... But well, okay, fine then. Fuck you then. Um, I don't, whatever. Um,
1: rifles through notes. Um, it's like Aladdin, but for adults. Uh huh. Will you go see it now? I saw that, that in one of the trailers. So I was like, it's fucking not. But okay.
0: That's one of the pull quotes they use from a review. It'll get um, it'll get
1: butts and seats. The people are like, well, yeah. I, like I
3: mean, how
0: do you? I mean, in fairness, how do you pitch this movie? Like, yeah. it's such a weird thing to try to try to convey exactly what yeah. it's like. Um, it is just so bizarre and i i think you know this isn't like explicitly concern, confirmed by anybody but what i've been seeing is that this is an mgm movie mgm has been a pretty uh you know quiet little studio for the last 20 years or so Which like is they wild. don't produce yeah. a ton of movies anymore mm-hmm. um they got bought out by Amazon a few months ago. I don't know if you guys oh, remember I yeah, didn't know that.
2: Oh, that's uh,
1: right. I remember that. And as far as I
0: can tell, the situation is that MGM produced this movie and then they got bought out by Amazon. And now Amazon was in charge of distributing this movie that they didn't have anything to do oh, with. Oh, and they're going to be so a bunch of dicks
1: like, about it. Aww. So
0: they're just like, I don't know. Put it in theaters. Who cares? Like, don't Like, we don't need to advertise this. Maybe it'll sell itself. It didn't. And now, like, nobody on planet Earth has seen it. Except for the three of us,
1: <laughs> and... well, that, that makes me mad. Just to talk about corporate art, for just like corporate anything for a second because like they open up with the MGM logo with the lion, and like they have the Latin above it, and it's just like art's art for art's sake, like just like making art because we want mm-hmm. to make art, and that and I respect that like motto. I think that is a wonderful like motto to live by for your film company, and then to have that be bought up by Amazon, which is money for money's sake. Yeah. It's just that makes me mad. <laughs>
2: Well, did you have you looked at the list of the releases that MGM has had for, since 2020? It's like...
0: <laughs> Let's, yeah, it's I'll let you read it. You. I usually read the okay. list on this show. I'll let you read a list.
2: So, since 2020, they've released Valley Girl, which I have not seen. Wrath of Man. I, feel,
1: I heard something good about Valley Girl recently. I don't remember what it was. Mm.
2: Snake Eyes, though, which is... That's a bummer. That's a bummer right there.
0: Uh, oh, G.I. Joe
2: The G.I. Joe Snake Eyes yeah. Division Oh, Cotton Eye I believe, Joe Snake House I think they were just co-financing <laughs> that, apparently But, uh, some other highlights Candyman, which I loved Oh, hi, Add- yeah. oh that's a good flick Yeah, The Adams Family 2 Damn it No Time to Die Yeah, I forgot what DM was <laughs>
0: doing those ones
2: Right? Terrible. No Time to Die. So, like, that's probably right, They do the their, their oh, yeah, biggest.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, Like, that's their biggest thing right now. Um, House of Gucci, which, Fuck yeah. obviously. Oh, no way. Yeah.
0: I thought that was something way different.
2: Um, licorice Pizza.
0: Right, right. Jackson's Dog.
2: favorite movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep, I love it, and I endorse every decision yeah. in it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Cyrano. Cyrano de Bergerac, which I, did, I kept saying, I think I'm going to see that, and I never did
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a cl- that's a classic one of those. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that the- sounds good. Because I'm like, oh, Peter Dinklage. I love Peter Dinklage. I think I'll go see that. <laughs> Thirteen. That, that was
0: a bizarre little moment. I'm still kind of bitter about the holiday movie season last year because uh, there were like like we're still emerging from COVID. Yeah, there are a lot of different movies that a lot of different studios have been hanging on to for a long time. The holiday season became, like, sort of this weird... I don't want to say dumping ground, because that sounds derogatory, Mm -hmm. but there were, like, a shit ton of really good movies coming out that December. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited to 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 see a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And every single theater in the nation had devoted three quarters of their screens to fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And every other (laughs) movie that was coming out in that Mm -hmm. month of December... Including, like, fucking Matrix Resurrections, Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, that Kingsman movie that nobody saw. I thought it was pretty okay. Uh, The uh, Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro Mm -hmm. movie. Like, all of these movies were coming out within a few weeks. Oh, yeah. I never saw Nightmare Alley and I wanted to. Yeah, Cyrano was one of those, and like yeah. it just absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason why West Side Story made zero dollars yeah. domestic. Yeah. was because every I couldn't see Matrix Four in IMAX because every IMAX theater Fucking on the planet was Toby playing Spider Man. Yeah, I
2: feel like we <laughs> I'm should still actually, angry about it. I feel like we should talk about that like in its own separate podcast someday because we. I think we all three of us have a lot of thoughts on the way that like. No Way Home really affected the box office. And I don't know, I think it'd be an interesting convo. We'll do a We could just
0: do we could do a December 2021 review where yeah. we're just like check out how many insane movies came out that month.
1: I know. And it's... how
0: nobody people only saw Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, well we should watch those movies and yeah. just be like this is our yeah. that's all we'll for see, December I this I mean, we'll so watch all those movies. <laughs>
2: yeah we there are a couple of blanks, but I've seen a decent portion of those movies, but I had to watch them at home, like I couldn't see them in theaters, yeah so right. the only other two movies on this list are Samaritan and the Three Thousand Years of Longing, like they really haven't been putting out a lot, but a lot I don't even know what Samaritan is i think i I think it's um it's like a Sylvester Stallone movie oh a Stallone Oh, yeah, it's the
0: picture. Weird Stallone yeah. superhero movie,
2: oh.
1: Oh, I think I saw, like, a highlight from that in some... You know when, like, streaming services or people do, like, highlight reels of their media? I feel like I saw something like that. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: let's see. Okay, so, uh, anyway, 3,000 years of logging. Uh, dumped at the worst possible time. Yeah. No advertising. Mm-hmm. And nobody has seen it at all. And it... We Okay, we had this movie on our uh, sort of calendar for the podcast. Like... For months mm-hmm. because It's but such we knew a bizarre we were thing gonna
1: like it, Yeah yeah. they were like
0: hey So George Miller's first movie in five years It's about Tilda Swinton falling in love with a genie Who's your mm-hmm. Elba mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna Love that people are gonna fucking hate it <laughs> and, and like It premiered at the Venice Film Festival and Like the reactions were pretty much exactly What you would expect I was like Let's fucking go this, this is, is gonna
1: be a great th- Film this is yeah
0: the perfect cool Takes movie and like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's sort of better received than I was expecting it to be, generally. Like, what does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? I bet it has, like, like a 70. 82.
2: That's yeah. my guess.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, But it's... But, like, now I feel like the biggest thing to talk about is just, like, how poorly it is performing, yeah. which is insane.
1: Yeah. It's going to be out of the theaters the by the time this podcast comes out, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's... So it's Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. Which you would think, I mean, I don't know, there's a whole other movie in theaters right now, Beast, uh-huh. that's just like, isn't it fun to see a movie with Idris Elba in it, is we, pretty much the whole pitch. We like and Idris
1: Elba, let's put him in a movie, yeah. And
0: it's performing pretty well. Yeah. It outgrossed this movie in its third week or whatever. And
1: this movie, and, Idris Elba is shirtless for like 90% of it, and that doesn't yeah. get people into the theater. That's ridiculous.
0: The movie opens. We're looking at uh, Tilda Swinton on an airplane and she's it- looking
2: mm, not great <laughs> <laughs> not like that not like that but you know she's like she's nervy she's she's yeah. a nervy right, girl. Right.
1: Well, it's very it's very like i don't know like it's very like storybooky. it's very much like there's yeah. a narrator that's like talking about like the world and stuff and like talking about her like she's like a literary character it's very yeah, fun there's but title she, it's cards. like yeah, no, it's fun. It's very fun. And there's like, yeah, there's a bunch of title cards that are more like themes than they are like introductions to stories. They're
0: awesome. Uh, so Tilda Swinton is like a literary scholar. She, she calls herself a narratologist, which I don't think is a real thing in real life, but I'll let it slide. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are people who study literature professionally. I don't think narratologist is a real term, but whatever. I don't know. Just maybe, let her have it. There's a there's a genie in there. Maybe movie, in England. <laughs> things are different in England.
2: I think it is a um, real thing. A literary so, theory, the uh, study of narrative structure. <coughs>
3: Bam. Oh, did
0: did you just Google it? Okay, yeah. sure. Um so here's the here's the thing. I think this is maybe one of the bigger sticking points for some people. There's a lot of business of her just like being in Istanbul for this like uh, uh council not council, like convention that she's speaking at. And there are just all these freaky weirdos yeah. who are kind of antagonizing her that, as the story plays out, have uh, absolutely nothing to do with absolutely anything. But I like yeah. it. You know what? That's what's good
1: about it. That's what's it. good about it. I like that. I it's like that thematic. she just like... Like, you're just, like, starting the movie and she's just like, yeah, I study narratives and, like, stories for, like, and she keeps... I Because it's so good because she's at that lecture to talk about... Basically how, like, what we think is, like, fantasy and literature and gods and, like, theology, or not theology, mythology and stuff like that was a substitution for science. So now she's saying, like, these things have less value because we have science. And the whole time she's, like, preaching that, basically, like, to this, like, group of, like, people at this convention, there's just all these fucking magic people that are just, like, fucking with her and yelling at her. And I'm like, this rules. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, and it's like you know, like because she's like very practical and very pragmatic, and so like she's like, well, everything can be explained. So like, that nothing, all of these things, like we, she, you can just brush them away because like, ooh, I'm just seeing things. So like, the you know, people who run these stories, they were just seeing things, freaking idiots, you know? <laughs> they didn't have science. Right. Like they didn't have we science do. like us.
0: And I love, I love that she's giving like the the hackiest possible, like, literature convention speech where it's, like, we used to have pantheons of Greek gods, but now we have superheroes. And she shows, like, the yeah. fucking Oliver Quapel Thor drawings and, like, the yeah, Justice yeah. League or whatever. Yeah. And you're, like, <laughs> that is, like, the hackiest, most rote, like, literature convention speech in the world. <laughs> and there's something just very funny to me about her, like, delivering that, like, extremely unironically. Yeah. Um. But, uh, so, there's all these, like, Goblins and and I mean it's not like a bunch. There's like a it's weird so like little guy who two. tries to steal her yeah. luggage. Yeah, and there's like a guy with a weird fucked up mouth who just like is haunting her while she's giving a speech and she passes out. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's just kind of the way he <laughs> handles doesn't matter. it.
2: doesn't you know. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, she goes to a market. She's just looking for a souvenir. She picks out a an old blown glass bottle, but it's kind of weird and fucked up and deformed. That's why nobody wants it. Uh, but if she's I like no I nickel. like it I think it has personality uh, And then she takes it home and she rubs it When she's <laughs> watching it and oh my god
1: oh, like, what comes out of the lamp Idris Elba and he's shirtless And he's and got he's big toes small. And he's, he's <laughs> big And smoky and big and smoky he's and hot a, as fuck, and he's yeah. just a bunch of organs for a few seconds, which is also a very fun. I like it a lot. We're Introduced
0: yeah. to him for his for his giant toes poking through the doorframe, taking up the entire doorframe. <laughs> and I think then is awesome. the, just the
1: sounds of all of his organs. Yeah, pretty gross,
2: <laughs> but that's that's nice. It rules.
0: And he's got pointy elf ears, which is also great. Yeah, it's
2: adorable. So um, I love it. Shiny. I head. love so it. So here's
0: the thing. <laughs> So, here's the thing about this movie now. Uh Idris Elba's like, yo, I'm a genie, you got three wishes. And uh, <laughs> uh, Tilda Swinton, who seems uh, awesome to hang out with, by the way, I say sarcastically, is like, I actually <laughs> don't want anything. I don't think I would use any wishes. And you're like...
3: Girl. <laughs> Idris Elba's just
0: like, well fuck you then because like <laughs> yeah, I because how this
1: works to do this bitch yeah, yeah. Uh, like,
0: this is
2: symbiotic lady
0: so and basically the entire movie you know except for a few minutes at the end basically the entire movie from this point on is the two of them in this like modern day hotel room just talking to each other Gabin and like and having, yeah and, you know, Idris Elba is talking about his history, about his three thousand years of longing, how he got <laughs> trapped in the lamp in the first place, how like how many times he came close to being freed from the curse of being a genie and didn't end up quite doing it, all the times that he fell in love with with beautiful women, and all the times that that's been his downfall, and all like all of these things, all the while sort of like having this philosophical conversation about the nature of desire and the nature of love with Tilda Swinton in their bathrobes in the hotel room. And it's just the best thing ever. It's
1: awesome. It's so good. It's it's just like this anthology of just like these beautiful, (laughs) fantastical scenarios of like going through the life of this gin. Like, it's just, it's so awesome. Like, it's just so
0: cool. It's so cool. It's, and it's very like it, it's hard to describe that... I, this movie is sort of a romance movie at the mm. heart of it. All the stories have to do with love and lust and desire and, and you know, loss and grief. Sort of generally in different permutations and different ideas. And, like, the... It, I don't know. it, It hit really close to home for me personally mm. because... You know, I I broke up with my partner of six years, you know, about a year ago, something I'm still navigating and figuring out. And this entire movie about caring about other people and how you navigate losing them and how relationships between people can fall apart and the ways in which that can be perfectly natural, but doesn't, you know, preclude it being totally heartbreaking and, you know, just absolutely demolishing I, it was just all it was all working for me and hitting me <laughs> right where I needed to. At this mm-hmm. particular moment in my life. Um, Do you guys um have big emotions about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: I don't know. Yeah.
2: Can I, I don't I'm, know. Can I, I can say like what I feel like really was my like thesis of. Like, what really made me love this movie, I guess, is that I, I, like, I was seeing all those themes that you're seeing. I love them. But, like, my thing that I really, like, when I was driving back home after I saw the movie and talking with my friend, I was, like, I just think it's really important that the main character is this woman who, like, studies structure of stories but hasn't, like looked at her own story with any critical lens at all and that like (laughs) that what brings these two like beings together is just like going back and forth as much as they can to share their lives and like seeking meaning from those things and that like there's a point in the movie where they're talking about how like stories are like what separates us from like just like non-thinking people like we we learn about each other through story, and that's valuable. And I don't think that we honor that in our modern society enough because things are so fast. Like everything is right. so quick and it's in a little it's in a little sound bite like or if it's not in the title of like a an article, then you're not going to read the article because <laughs> like, right. it doesn't matter. Everything happens so fast. We don't know anything about anybody. And so, like, every single story that Idris Alba tells, and then, like, Tilda Swinton has, like, a little encore that she, like, responds with. Like, you don't get to the point until the very end. Like, it's a spiral. Right. Like, it, you're not walking away mm. with what he's going to say until the very end. And that is, like, what... Matters like we need to sit Down and listen to each other and I just think oh it's just so good And so like that hits every part where she's Saying like I didn't I didn't give You enough time like I didn't let us Fall in love naturally because She like rushed into it like That's right it's, it's mm. at every level I Just think that like it makes sense That this movie's not performing Well because it's literally The <laughs> antithesis of what people Are looking right. for right now in the story but I think it's exactly. it's, the, it's the exact thing that like we should be valuing and honoring, so it's just it was so good and like it felt good to be watching and it it's it's not narratively like the structure is different than an, a classical like hero's journey, so it's so I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like it just feels so good to. See mm-hmm. two people sharing their lives and learning about each other through their own lenses, and then hearing how that impacts their own journey. It just is good. It's good. I'm sorry that it's, it's real good. good. It's so good. that's yeah, what, that's what I loved.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean, that is definitely like a major element of this, you know, whole production is that it is profoundly uncommercial, mm-hmm. right? Yeah I oh, mean, yeah. outside of the fact that you've got like, you know, and kind and yeah, like a major movie star, like kind of one of the only like actual box office draws that exists right now. Um, Or at least maybe I would have said that before this movie came out. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Uh (laughs) But like it is fundamentally slow. It is fundamentally meandering. It's built entirely almost out of flashbacks. It just exists in a thematic ideological space and has very little plot. And I mean, like you said, it doesn't really get to the point until the end. It, you know, it has to count on you being engaged and following mm-hmm. along for this whole movie, you know, to to get to the point at the end, so it can all come together and have you know a sort of satisfying conclusion. And it, it is just—I don't know. I I think that it. I, I'm trying to think of the best way to express that it just it traffics in ideas and thoughts and feelings. More than it traffics in mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. And, absolutely. And physical nuts and bolts storytelling. Well, and I think And I feel like we say that about a lot of movies on this podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like those this, are, the good these ones. are the kinds of movies that that uh, general audiences generally can't latch on to mm-hmm. are the ones that are, you know, trafficking more in ideas than they are about story beats. And yeah, you know, Matrix Resurrections, Last Jedi, all that kind of thing. But <laughs> well, like, it's even- the total
1: cinema sense thing where it's like we cannot accept plot holes we need everything to be straightforward and structured perfectly yeah. and planned out 12 years in advance and ready to go from minute one and leads into the last second perfectly like it's just mm-hmm. it, it, I mean it's, it's absolutely both what you guys have been saying like it's that we have no time to just like sit down and think and think something out for yourself because if the movie leaves any room for it to be ambiguous, that's a plot hole, quote unquote, and we cannot right, allow right. that. That is oh, a like sin of that, movie making. Apparently, like yeah. That
2: scene where, um, like when he's first ex- or not, oh, like when he's explaining like how his bottle got from like the bottom of the sea to like the the like slave girl or the concubine girl. I can't remember her name. Right. But like he's he says I. I will never know how this happened exactly because I couldn't see it. But I like to imagine that it's this, that like it was <laughs> right, yeah. swept mm. up by a fish and then it ended up like it like it was gifted and then it was lost. And then like it's like that's what storytelling is. And I think that like, like what you guys are saying, we're so used to being like, well, give us the bottom line. What's the answer? What's the point? And what right. actually happened? Yeah. yeah. And like – that's the thing is that in real life like no one's like and this is exactly why that happened to me so I could walk away with a, a, a totality narrative structure but like this is what happened to me and I think that that's worth talking about like this is a mm-hmm. story that's worth talking about because it happened to somebody that's worth loving and there there might not be a reason like the the um like the two brothers story where like oh um, yeah mm-hmm. the the like very war heavy brother like falls in love with that guy that tells him stories which is a, like a beautiful right. little like sub like theme inside of that like and he just is sad when he dies and then he dies like that's it
3: right like, that doesn't yeah. feel
2: like fulfilling as a story but that's what happened <laughs> So, you right. what talking about?
1: Well, and I even think that, like, on the flip side of that, on Less Interpersonal, I think we, like, that... We think... We love to think that that's what science is, that science is totalitarian and has the exact answer of exactly what's happening and exactly why. But, like, I love that this movie kind of brings up the fact that, like, is science and storytelling and, like, what we think of quote-unquote magic, they are not... Mm-hmm opposites, they are not antitheses of each other. They are very extremely similar. So I kind of like how this movie plays with science in a really fun way, I really love. Because I think, like you were saying, like we want things to be straight up, and like this is like that. If a story isn't like A to B and super like strict and polished and perfect, then it's not mm-hmm. realistic. Because science is hard and cold and true, and we know right. exactly what's yeah. going on all the time. And it's like we don't know what the fuck is going on anytime. And if you ask any <laughs> person who works in science, they will tell you yeah. that. And I just I well, love yeah, and- I love like taking both those things and being like they are very similar. Like there is no. Everything is chaos, but that's wonderful. That's the cool thing. That's what's nice about it.
0: (laughs) Well, and that ends up being, like, one of the final theses of the movie is that, like, you know, him in his, like, weird, abstract, loosey-goosey world where, like, magic exists and the rules are loosely defined... Are like fundamentally incompatible with the modern world, right? Mm, yeah, like mm-hmm. the movie, it almost feels like the movie is predicting its own failure <laughs> in yeah. that weird kind of way. <laughs> where the, it's Uh-oh. like, yeah. this movie is like this representation of this like wishy washy old style of storytelling, and mm-hmm. it's fundamentally incompatible with the world we live in today, so people probably aren't gonna see it, <laughs> and it's probably gonna get outgrossed by DC Super Pets this weekend. <laughs> Fuck!
3: Damn it!
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's actually so freaking <laughs> and beautiful
0: it's and you know that also sort of becomes i mean that thing you're talking about keisha where you're like it doesn't really get to the point until the end mm-hmm. is like that's part of the reason why it's so hard to pitch people on this yeah. movie because like the log line has been like a woman falls in love with a genie and mm-hmm. so i was like okay that's all i know that's all i yeah. really need to know i know it's a george miller movie i'm excited to see it mm-hmm. and but when i was sitting in that theater like the whole time we're like an hour an hour and 20 minutes into the movie and i'm mm-hmm. like
2: like, there's uh, the woman hasn't fallen in love. love with a genie yes, yet. Exactly. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. And so, like, but there's no better way to pitch it yeah. besides being like, so a woman finds a genie and then they uh, talk to each other yeah, in a hotel they talk room for, for yeah, they, like, like five yeah. hours.
2: Yeah, they just have a discussion about like what their lives have been shaped by and that's it. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah, pretty much.
2: Like, and that's, but that's, that sounds boring, but like, that's, it's just, the like, beyond, like, the themes, like, the acting is so cool. The story structure is so cool because it it is, like, that same sense of, like, telling a story, like, sitting around a campfire and telling a story and e- explaining and giving depth into the characters because a lot of times the, the dialogue is just Idris Elba giving a voiceover, and then you see it yeah. playing out on the screen, but there's not a ton of, like... The, just the characters going back and forth and I think that's so sick like it's so cool right, and Yeah, like the shots are cool and they're it feels like you're watching like a story like a play or like a Like you're looking through a book of like pages like that's how it feels. It's so good. Co- it's so cool It's so it's cool great. good. Well, and I love how this movie
1: I I mean, like, when we were looking through reviews for this movie, Jackson, you said, like, so many of them are just, like, Tilda Swinton's ugly. And that's just, like, the whole review. And I'm like, I I love the gender politics of this movie and, like, a lot of the theming of it from the perspective of Tilda Swinton's character is, like, what it means to feel as though you are undesirable and how much Mm. that fucks up how she thinks about her entire life. Mm -hmm, Like, because the whole thing, like... We kind of make fun of her first, like, they come to Genie, and he's like, you have three witches, and she's like, I don't want any of them. But, like, that, to me, I mean, as a woman who's felt undesirable for a large part of my life, it is like that. I'm just gonna take up as little space as possible, and be happy with what I have, and ask for no more, because I, like, just like that, the world doesn't want you there, and you are undesirable. And I love that Idris Elba is the object of desire in this movie instead Mm -hmm. of like some hot sexy woman. It is just just this like beautiful, compassionate man with depth and storytelling and arc. Like I just love that it kind of flips like the, I don't know, like I feel like we get a lot of stories that are just a regular average Joe, Joe guy falls in love with a beautiful woman for no reason. And I feel like this is like the actual like antithesis of that. Where we have a woman who's been told that she is less than by society for basically no reason. And then her object of desire is this caring, compassionate, wonderful, beautiful man. And like how they like create a relationship with each other. And at first, it is that like shallow storytelling of the, and then they're in love. And then the movie is literally about how that doesn't work and that's nothing. And that's not what right. love is. And that shouldn't be the moral of the story. Like, I love that. I think it plays so much in a space that like, I don't know. I don't see a lot. Like even when i even in a movie, when a woman is undesirable, it is like this facade of undesirability where they take a beautiful woman and they tell you that she's unattractive and you just have to look at the screen and be like, fuck you. That's a beautiful woman. How dare you try to tell me that she is unattractive? And so I love that this movie takes tilda swinton who is an older woman and they give her like an ordinary haircut and ordinary clothing and then they're just like this she is just a woman but she has been made to feel undesirable and that just feels so much more genuine it comes from like a place of warmth and just grows into something beautiful that i think is awesome right
0: here's my thing about like sort of the final act of this movie um and you know, we're giving it away a little bit. I you know, most people haven't seen this movie. I think this movie would work pretty well even if you had the whole thing spoiled for you, just because it's not really that kind of movie. You wa-
1: you have to go look at it. You yeah. have to go look at it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's just
0: what it is. <laughs> um But you know, the final the final sort of beat of the movie is like after Idris Elba tells this long story of all of the all of the like passionate affairs he's been through and all of the love and loss he's endured. And all of the desperation and all of everything, uh, Tilda Swinton's sort of final decision on like what her heart's desire is, how she's going to use her three wishes. And by the way, this is like her first wish that she uses, like an hour and fifteen minutes into the movie, like almost yeah. at the very end of the movie, she's like, movie "I'm about to like make an my hour first and 45 wish."
1: Forty-five minutes long. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is just part of that whole thing. Like everything happens, and it happens at the end. Um, but like she says, like that's what I want. I want I'm wishing to fall in love with you like I you know the you know the interaction being like I'm not in love with you currently I'm not in love with anyone currently I don't have any desire to be in love necessarily but I am wishing to have that desire to fall in love with you does that make sense?
3: Yeah. And like yeah.
0: the fact and they have very little like romantic chemistry, the whole mm-hmm. movie. They have a right? very
1: fun, like kind of snappy back and forth chemistry that's really fun and they're like conversations with each other.
0: Right. And like, you know, kind of the whole movie, you start to think, like, if this is just gonna end with them kissing, like that wouldn't be good. Like it would that's be bad. not what I want. Yeah, to happen. Yeah. Um, but like her wish is like she wishes to fall in love with the genie. And he grants the wish and you know, they fall in love and they have this like beautiful, passionate uh, uh, relationship that exists briefly, but eventually falls apart. And you know, uh, the thing that I think at least my like fundamental takeaway from this movie is that like the thing about it that resonated the most with me is about the difference between loving somebody and caring about somebody Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: your ability to actually be with them and coexist with them mm-hmm. on, a, on a life basis, right? Because that's what all of these stories about. And that's what the story at the end ends up being about, too, where mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't mean that any person loves any person any less. But sometimes things. what is are just the reality fucking, of that?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Sometimes things are just fucking complicated. And like, it doesn't matter how much you love somebody. Sometimes being with them is painful anyway sometimes mm-hmm. like the circumstances uh in which would the circumstances that have to be in order for you to be together are like you know drastically outweigh the 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 love that you have for each other and you know in my life personally that's been like the fundamental thing i've been having to grapple with for a yeah. really long time mm-hmm. and yeah. that you know, that is how... That is how my... Perce- that is what my entire perception of this movie revolves around. Mm-hmm. And no, absolutely. That becomes the fundamental thing. Like, she wishes for them to fall in love. They do fall in love. It mm-hmm. is magically uh uh confirmed. Like, there is no doubt in any person's mind <laughs> that they are deeply in love. That is a given, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that is not... I mean, it is maybe it's the most important thing, but that is not the only thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though they are deeply and passionately in love, clinically, (laughs) there are still... (laughs) They got the
1: certificate? Yeah. Exactly. There
0: are still (laughs) dozens of other things. Their relationship doesn't work. They're not happy together. Like, their worlds are incompatible. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't make that happen. And it doesn't mean that they love each other any less. It doesn't mean that they wouldn't want it to be a different way. It doesn't mean that they don't care about each other and want what's best for each other fundamentally but some it just doesn't happen that way and um i just i don't know i don't want to get too mushy about it and too emotional on this podcast but that like <laughs> really really resonated with me and that, i that
3: that
2: well,
3: yeah. just
2: i don't know i think even like especially that okay i mean we were just gonna talk about the movie so because you know people know but like the the whole <laughs> thing is that like Idris Elba's character, the djinn, is literally, like, foundationally energy. And so, like, Mm -hmm. this amount of noise that is, like, constantly bombarding him, that he's like, well, I can just push it away, though. Like, I can just push it away. And, like, he shows Tilda Swinton, like, her character. Like, there's a moment where, like, she can hear everything that he's hearing. And then she goes, you hear all that? Like, she has that moment of empathy. And he's like... Well, I can hear it. I can see it. I can feel it. It's it's hitting him from all sides that like just fundamentally like where they're at the location is not going to work for him. And so like but she like feels that for a minute and then it it doesn't but it kind of like doesn't bother her after that or doesn't impact her because he's like, oh, well, I, I pushed it away like I pushed it away and i think that like speaks to a lot of people like in relationships where like for a really long time you bring it up for a moment but it doesn't you're like well, but it's fine it doesn't bother me like it'll be fine like it'll work out and it just doesn't Mm -hmm. like it manifests physically eventually for him and so right like i just yeah i think that is i think that's valuable and i don't think that we see that a lot but that's just a really like again feels like a realistic way, obviously through the lens of like a fantastical element. But like that just is true to so many relationships that it's not like the love, it's literally the like everything else. Like the everything else works for one person and it doesn't work for the other person. And that Mm -hmm. can't, it's not sustainable. Like that's just what life is. I think that's cool and also sad. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. And also, yeah. it is
2: sad. I mean, yeah, because the whole sad.
1: movie is just a fucking. It's just about relationships and everything that that word can mean, like the relationship with our our relationship with reality, our relationship with science, our relationship with people. Like every form that that can take is what the movie's about. Because we brought up like as the genie is like telling the story of like how he was trapped in the bottle and the three times that like it like he like. He, like was like either like somebody didn't fulfill their wishes and he could have not been a djinn and he is one still. Like all those stories. He keeps just telling these little stories of like things that he witnessed. And I love those so much because like the story of the like brutal king who like has the storyteller that he just like loves so deeply. Like I love that story so much because you can interpret it as romantic, you can interpret it as this like fatherly like relationship that he has with this man. It's just that there's this one storyteller. That's the only guy that he likes that will make him happy. That's his one dude. And then that dude dies and everybody expects him to just lash out in this horrible angry way and instead he's just so quietly sad until he dies. And it's and that's like mm. Probably like a minute in the entire movie, but it just like sticks with you so much because it's so well done and it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. It's just this wonderful little blurb that just like happens in the movie. And there's so many of those, just these wonderful little blurbs.
2: You're expecting it to lead somewhere and it just doesn't. And so then you're like, well, Mm -hmm. why'd you tell me that? But it's like, because it feels important. Like the context feels Mm -hmm. important. And And it's... It's just part of, like, how people tell stories. It just feels naturally like how people share stories about their lives. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I told you guys this, but <laughs> this it didn't make it to recording. But, like, I fell off a lime scooter or an electric scooter. <laughs> and I've probably told that story now, like, over 20 times to different people. <laughs> like, to the point where it's just a science but I was like, you know, I probably the don't have to. power <laughs> of narrative. <laughs> but, like, that's just the most recent story that I've just been telling a lot lately. <laughs> but, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, there's probably parts of it that didn't impact, you know, like, people are asking, how'd you get that bruise? And I could just say, I fell off a lime scooter. <laughs> but, like, I'm trying to... that's not as
1: fun. But, like, that's <laughs> also
2: not why people are asking. Like, they want to know about, like, what happened. Like people want to know start right. to finish. And sometimes that includes things that don't matter in the story. But like yeah, that's yeah. how you get to know people. And like that's how you right. that's how you learn about people is by being detailed. About how you <laughs> fell, off <a> scooter. <laughs> I fell off a live scooter.
0: And that's and that's another thing I really like about this movie is that I think that this movie is sort of Maybe this is a weird way to say it, but I think that it is empathetic to modernity in a way that a lot of stories don't always Mm. pull off. Like, it's so easy to be fucking cynical about modernity and science and technology and social media and Mm -hmm. Congress, but like, like... I think that, you know, this movie pulls off that, that rare, like slice of optimism where you're like, you know, I mean, right in the opening moments of the movie, it's like the, it's like, oh, you know, we held, we held boxes that could conjure love songs from the air and, you know, we could fly, like, it's so lovely and poetic about the, like, incredible uh, ways in Mm -hmm. which, you know, we are affected by modernity that we take for granted and, and you know then at the end, like when Idris Elba is like exploring the modern world and he's like looking at the Large Hadron Collider and like exploring the the city of London and like seeing all these glorious wonders through like brand new fresh eyes, I think is really, really, really refreshing because so often it's like, oh, the future it's <laughs> yeah. horrible
1: well, and it's so and it's weird because our
3: minds.
1: yeah, because mm-hmm. we look at the science of the past with this weird. Like, I don't know. We love the science of the past. We love Da Vinci. We'll build all these stupid ideas. We'll talk about Galileo for hours. Like the old science. We're like, oh, it's so beautiful and wonderful and artistic. And then we look at modern technology and we're like, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. It's all ugly and stupid and terrible. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, there's some cool things that we're doing, actually, that I think we should (laughs) take a moment to appreciate. Yeah, no, I love. I mean, it's it made me think of that one shot from onward that i absolutely adore where you have like the whole like traveling like party like walking through that huge field of like this like beautiful like fantasy-esque landscape and you just see the plane like flying in the distance with like the airstream behind it it's a beautiful shot but that just what it just made me think of that opening scene where they're like describing like Literally, like, people going through the TSA and getting on a plane and listening to their <laughs> iPhone. So it's just, like, this beautiful right. flowery language of, like, yeah, like you said, like, these, like, beautiful, wonderful things that could do these wonderful things and have all planned out and ma- mapped out by the human mind. Like, it's just, I, I love that marriage of, like, science and fantasy and being like, these are the same thing and trying to say that they're different or that one is stupid is just wrong because they are so similar. They are the same thing, you know?
0: Uh, so, I want to take a time out here. Uh huh. Um, here, so we have had some scheduling snafus uh, <laughs>
3: hey. in the last
0: few weeks. <laughs> uh, at one point, we were expecting to be covering Batman and Robin on this show this week. Uh, didn't end up coming to pass. But, um, so we had to think on our feet and we ended up doing this instead. But uh, I had prepared a multiple choice quiz about uh, oh. Batman and Robin.
1: Oh, and we're just going to do it?
0: <laughs> and we're just going to do it today. I thought okay. that would be fun. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: good. It's pretty good.
0: So, hey, uh, welcome to, uh, uh, Jackson does a multiplechoicequiz.com. ba uh, da ba m- Uh, we could think, maybe we should think of a name for this bit, because I want to keep doing it, because I have fun making these. Um, here, are- I'm going to ask you three multiple choice questions about, uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin.
1: Hell yeah. And, uh, One of the best ha- pieces of storytelling to grace this plane, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, and you guys, I'm going to, ch- here's how I'm going to choose to do it. You guys have to work as a team. You guys okay. have to agree on an answer. Okay. Uh, you're not competing. You're, you're competing together for victory over me. This yeah. is about friendship.
2: Um, okay. Collado. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> so here's the first question. I'm going to ask you three questions about Batman and Robin. Uh, so in addition to the classic Adam West TV show, Batman and Robin drew inspiration from many golden age Batman comic books written by who? Is it A... Seymour, Breast, (coughs) B, (laughs) Dick, Sprang, (laughs) C, Dorcas, Gaylord, or D, Jeffrey, Epstein?
1: Oh, God. See, I I I feel like when you said... When you said Dick Spring, that like clicked something in my head. Where I'm like, I feel like that's a dude. That feels like a dude's name. Like I think I've heard that name before.
3: Hmm. Hmm.
2: I feel like I've also I've heard a lot of these names before. I think that you did this on purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is Dick Wolf in here somewhere?
2: <laughs> Is Joe Mama also an option? <laughs> Joe Mama.
0: That would have been oh fuck, that was a good idea. I should have used that instead. Gotta
2: work with junior hires more, my man. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Katie? What do you think?
2: Maybe it's breast. I think... Maybe it's the breast man. Maybe breast. Uh, my gut dick, says Dick spray Dorcas, or Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I hope it's not Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs>
1: I, I don't think he was a comic man. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't
2: know, you don't know. He's got a lot of got a lot going
1: on. <laughs> um that feels like one of those things I'm kind to of confident be like, he didn't do comic books, and so I was gonna be like, Oh actually in the nineties when we didn't give a fuck, <laughs> we let him do stuff. But yeah, um I think it's Dick Spring, I think it's B.
2: I'll I'll go with you. I'll go with you. But I I feel like it might be the breast man, but I'll go with It Dick. might be
0: breast. You are correct. It is Dick Sprang. Oh, Good
2: job,
1: Adeline. Good job, Adeline. I knew it. I knew <laughs> the Batman man.
0: Dick Sprang, one of the fundamental architects of Batman, wrote Batman in the 1950s. Hell uh, yeah. So, uh, in 2013, Batman and Robin topped Empire Magazine's top 50 worst movies of all time list. Oh, oh come on! What did they cite as the movie's one redeeming feature? Was it A... A good half of the population would argue for Alicia Silverstone's ass in the Batgirl suit, semicolon. The rest for George Clooney in a tux. Was it B, it was bad enough to force the studio to reinvent Batman completely for Christopher Nolan's superb Batman Begins? Was it C, due to an HTML mistake, quote, there is only one duck-based sex scene, unquote. (gasps) Or D, nothing.
2: Oh, that's, all of those make me
1: sad. See, A, A feels like the type of journalism that I would yeah. expect out of what was the year? Two thousand eight. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, mm. that feels like two thousand thirteen journalism.
2: Hmm. B was that it like opened the door to Batman v Superman? Is that what it was?
0: Batman Begins. Batman
2: Begins. Batman Begins. Begins. Oh, okay. I was like, See, that, seems shit. That, was <laughs> and
1: that seems too insightful to me. That seems like th- that like that's a thought. Like even if you didn't like it, you could appreciate that led to something you did like. I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's them. If they're calling it the worst movie in fifty years, I don't think they have that much insight. C <laughs> I think it's I think it's A. I think it's the sexist one.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say C feels too much like uh what Jackson would write. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: because I don't remember a duck sex scene.
0: No, due to an HTML mistake, like the wrong the wrong blurb was listed on
2: oh. the. Oh. Huh. Then I think it's that. <laughs>
1: no, I don't get that one. I still think it's A.
0: <laughs> you gotta choose.
2: Can't we just dig? Like, can we divert from each other? <laughs>
1: Okay. okay. Okay, we'll go with C. We'll go with C. It's that one.
0: You were wrong. It's A. Damn, uh-huh. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I, th- I knew it. I thought it was gonna be. I'm trying to. I'm trying to outwit Jackson. I'm trying to figure no, out. That what was too much. Gonna... See
1: the fact that we didn't get it. I was like, no, that would. There was no way that would be in. The, well, when you <laughs> clarified, I was like,
2: oh, well, that seems like so detailed, like. <laughs> Why would he know that? Why would this? That was the yeah, blurb. Yeah. That
0: was the blurb they listed for Howard the Doc. Well, yeah,
2: yeah, list. yeah. Well, that's what I thought. And then I was saying, oh, right. if there's an at, like the mistake, that seems plausible.
0: I was just riffing. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if this that about yeah, Batman be and Robin? Like, yeah. hundreds of people across the nation would be like, what? Yeah, that is just me spinning off the old dome.
3: Yeah, I'm I can tell because I didn't
1: get it.
0: Uh, Okay, last question.
1: Okay.
0: Um, The planned follow-up to Batman and Robin was canceled after the poor reception of the film. What was that movie meant to be called? Was it A, Batman Unleashed? B, Batman Unchained? C, Batman Reloaded? Or D, Batman and Robin 2?
2: Batman and Robin and... friends. (laughs)
1: Friends. <laughs> I think it, it. I think it's either A or D. I think it's Unchained.
2: <laughs> unchained. Or was, I. Oh. I feel like I heard this somewhere. Like I thought it was Unleashed or Unchained or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think though. Unleashed. Unleashed sounds
1: better than Unchained because that's the that, that's a different movie. That's a different flick.
2: Well, that's um, the joke. They're sure riffing that, on each other. Well, that's the that's the Scooby Doo two monsters is unleashed. unleashed. Hmm.
1: Hmm. See the fact that, but the Batman and Robin two <laughs> also sounds right is
3: <laughs> <That's laughs> the <fair>. thing. <laughs>
2: I was wrong last time, so I'll go with Adeline. On okay, we'll do Batman B- and Robin bad- two. Oh, I thought we we're going to do Unleashed.
3: <laughs> oh, we could <can> do Unleashed.
1: <laughs> see, I see, but I'm split. I don't know. I think it's either one of those. I'm bad at multiple choice. I think it's an un. I think it's an un. <laughs> Okay, we'll go with Batman Unleashed. Final answer. I'm
0: so sorry if I'm wrong. I'm bad at multiple choice quizzes. You are incorrect. It was Batman Unchained. Damn
3: it! Oh, I thought I... was. right.
0: <laughs> Batman Unchained was supposed to have Harley Quinn and the Scarecrow as Batman. Oh, I remember
3: that. that I remember sick. that
1: Harley Quinn was supposed to be in it. Oh, God, it that just... would have been so fucking cool.
0: Damn it. It is just so funny that for two movies in a row, people were like, these Batman movies—they're too—they're too weirdly erotic. They're too weirdly BDSM. They're too weirdly yeah. gay. <laughs> and they were and wrong. Like, so we're gonna make a third one. It's gonna be called Batman Unchained.
1: Unchained. And it's gonna have fucking a Harleen Quinn in it. Are you kidding me? God, let Joel play it with Harley Quinn. That would have been so sick. God I damn know. it.
2: In an alternate universe somewhere. All I right,
1: know. So there's this really sick, <laughs> sick film. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So you guys failed. You guys only got one out of three of my multiple yeah. choice questions.
2: Yeah. You but correctly if you identified Dick Spring. If you think about it, Adeline got one right and I got one right. So if <laughs> there we go. To I think we're all winners to here. Question, it actually is three out of three. So I think that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> three out
2: of
1: three Three out of three
0: <laughs> Okay sure You got three out of three Perfect yeah. score yeah.
2: yeah That's just like college uh, baby You can talk yourself into an A If you're, if you're clever enough That's just like college You're like actually If you think um, about it I actually did do the work And I'll prove it right now
3: But you did and not here we go work.
0: So um Yeah it seems like George Miller's next movie Is the next Mad Max movie Aww. Uh He's, let him put he's, him
1: in, Coach. Let
0: him play. <laughs> he's uh uh. I'm talking about George Miller, director yes. of. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Um. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, he has been directing the Mad Max movies from the beginning. He. That's like, fair.
1: He likes Mad them. Max.
0: Mad Max One was his first feature film. Like he's been doing that forever. Um. But it's so funny. George Miller is. Let me make sure I know exactly. He is 77 years old.
3: Oh wow. Oh my God. And
0: like. We're going to put him out in the fucking Australian desert and make him film another Mad yeah, Max movie right now. Yeah, get crispy out
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: maybe he should take a rest. I don't know.
2: Yeah, oh, why do you think is? this movie takes place so much in a little hotel room? Hotel
0: yeah. Room. yeah. <laughs> in
2: bathrooms. listen,
1: Clint Eastwood is still doing stuff, and I don't know at yeah, what point we're going to have to tell him to stop. Like, well, Grandpa, yeah, but he works,
0: like, four-hour days on set, and all of that's his fair. movies are about, like, a dude who had does a bad things. day. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he has, like, such a bizarre filmography because he does, he starts off his career with three back-to-back Mad Max movies. Uh, he, like, redefines the action genre forever, and then he's like, what if I scale it back a little bit? Uh, he works on, uh, like, a medical drama called Lorenzo's Oil with Nick Goldstein <laughs> about a guy who, like, discovers a cure for a disease but can't save his father in time. Like, some very weepy, like, hospital drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then he does The Witches of Eastwick, which is just, like, bananas, crazy pants. Like, kind of more what you would expect him in a non-Mad Max capacity to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's just, like, Jack Nicholson <laughs> being, like, uh, uh, harassed by three witches Played by <laughs> Sharon Michelle Pfeiffer and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Well, oh fuck yeah! Uh, and then he's like, "Okay, so here are my next three movies. Uh, I'm g- I'm a producer on Babe. I think I'm gonna yeah. direct Babe two.
3: Yeah. He directs <laughs> Babe
0: Pig in the City. He said
2: he wrote and produced Babe one, and then they yes. they were like Babe two is coming up, and he said I'm the only one who can fulfill
0: this properly." Over. <laughs> um. And then after that, he's like, "That was pretty fun. What if I made two Happy Feet movies?"
2: Yeah, which one in order? I always forget. <laughs> Happy Feet won the an Oscar. Then,
0: and for and I just want to put on the record, Happy Feet Two kind of fucks. It's kind yeah. of incredible. It's I never
3: saw an it. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: And then he follows up Happy Feet Two with Mad Max Fury Road, and just. The most insane, inexplicable movie that's ever been produced. That movie's an absolute miracle. Oh, so good. And I'm... and now he's like, okay, I'm going to do another Mad Max, but I will throw in 3,000 years of logging in between.
1: Just for fun. Just for funsies. Just for
0: funsies. And, like, it's so... It's so... I don't know. Every one of his movies is like a bizarre fever dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, like, everything is different. so... Yeah, like, everything is always, like, kind of sweaty and grungy and, like, people are pretty unhappy and, like, people just can't fucking catch a break in George Miller movies, you know? And, like... But they're still gonna learn how to
1: dance and they're still gonna learn how to
0: love. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, Babe Pig in the City is, like, famously, like, a pretty upsetting children's movie that's, like, weirdly stressful and dark, you know?
3: Yeah. And, like,
0: you know, Happy Feet is much friendlier... But it's still a pretty it's, grim movie No, of part of The part yeah,
1: season in the gets, zoo is genuinely yeah, terrifying. It's yeah. pretty
3: brutal. Yeah. Um,
0: Happy Feet 2 actually is much less brutal. It's actually pretty chill. I mean, I guess the, the like, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt shrimp are just, like, fighting for survival <laughs> against they're all having, odds. Just, like, yeah, they're having a very, like, esoteric,
1: yeah, problem. Think space, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, And then this movie, like, even still, it's just, like, Idris Elba is this genie in a very Mad Max kind of way where he just, like, can't escape this, like, horrible fate that, like, the world has has given him. And there's, like, no way he'll ever recover and get back to his normalcy. And just having to deal with that is kind of his fundamental thing. And, like, you know, and on some level, like, it's kind of a departure because it has, like, kind of a happy ending And, you know, Tilda Swinton is a very normal character who has a pretty normal life, all things considered, like even through the movie. Yeah. Um, But even still, Idris Elba the one who's like, "Uh, I'm trapped in hell forever and I'll never escape. you're like, oh, well, damn. damn. (laughs) Have you guys seen Chris Hemsworth's facial hair for the new Mad Max movie?
2: No, it's a while. Oh,
0: God, it's so great. Hold on. I'll send it in the chat real quick. I'll let Keisha, I want you to describe it when I send it to you.
2: Oh, I'm I'm stoked. Something something you said, Jackson, like, sparked a little thought in my brain about how, like, also, the entire time Tilda Swinton's character is like, well, I'm not going to wish for anything because I know that you're going to betray me the, like, the whole time. Like, I just know your type. I know that this is what you're going to do. And, like, you're for, trickster. like, three-fourths of the movie, like, it never occurs to her that, like, he also is going through some shit and like yeah (laughs) right yeah like she like he's like no legitimately like this will help me like like I'm telling you these things because I I don't want to be living like this anymore (gasps) and the whole time she's like yeah I don't think so (laughs) okay I'm looking at the picture now
1: (laughs) oh my god he's got a little man. I'm it's like scared. his whole it's like his face and beard is a stick figure, oh is what it looks like. Oh my god,
2: okay, get into this. So it's like it's giving very ginger brown. Like a gingery brownish hair. It's a very, very lovely long. color. Yes. It's like it's a it's a really good color on him. But yeah, it's like shoulder length hair, and then the beard is is like arms extending out, and then it's like a little little <laughs> cowboy. Given a little stance, the beard is like—it's got it's a little very, bow-legged feet, <laughs> very much yeah. chaps, very much like about to hoe down, throw down. Oh my gosh, he <laughs> looks like a, he looks like if um, if they stretched out all of the dwarves from from Lord yeah. of the Rings, <laughs>
1: all of the all of the dwarves from the Hobbit. Yeah, would get Chris Hemsworth in this Superman. picture. <laughs>
2: that's great uh, oh, I'm I'm stoked man I love Chris Hemsworth okay. people don't know about Chris Hemsworth he's an up and coming actor very new very fresh <laughs> I mean in a weird kind of way he kind
0: of is yeah like, true he's finally
1: he, emerging from the Marvel cocoon
0: yeah I mean like he's had his whole Marvel thing and like he's in this weird situation where like really like I think Chris Hemsworth's best performances are the Thor ones like that's yeah. like he knows what he's fucking mm-hmm. doing in those and like you know, what his earlier projects like Cabin in the Woods, he's not awesome in Cabin in the Woods. What about
1: like, the whale, or Moby Dick? What was that movie yeah. called? No, that's he was into in, the eye in of Noah the Storm or
2: whatever. Or,
0: no, hold on, no, he was, it wasn't Noah. It was the
2: one uh, that mobi- was no, in no, a no, Moby Dick. movie? Yeah, it was movie. the like boat movie that was based on, or like what Moby Dick was based on, or whatever. Blah blah blah. Hold on, hold on, no, it's no, in no, no,
1: no, the no. background of that vine yes, where is. the girl goes,
2: "Merry Christmas." No, Alan's right.
0: Uh, no, 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 no! It's no.
2: called the whale, isn't it? No, the, the whale the is sea. the one that Brendan of... Fraser is gonna be. Is it. that Brendan no. no.
0: Fraser? No. Oh, you're right. The Heart of the Sea. The I was of getting it confused sea. with the Darren Aronofsky Noah movie. Yeah, oh. that was a weird mm-hmm. movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, this is a Ron Howard movie. I forgot about that. Oh. Damn! What no a weird guy Ron it. Howard is.
1: Yeah, Ron <laughs> Howard is a weird guy. That's true. No one a weird guy uh, Ron Howard.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I want to just just quick Chris Hemsworth corner.
1: Okay, <laughs> welcome everyone Obviously, to Chris Hemsworth corner. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Take a seat. Like here are his like post Thor roles. He's yes. in Snow White and the Huntsman, which is I don't really remember forgettable. It was, it. He does fine. Yeah. Um, he's in Heart of the Sea. I feel like that was kind of his first. Big like I'm a movie star now. I'm this gonna is a like movie. throw down. Yeah, yeah. This is like me, Chris Hemsworth above the title, Ron Howard movie in the Heart of the Sea. No and one it, saw like, it. Bombs so hard, no one sees it. Everybody hates it. Uh, there's also Rush, which is a movie I've heard is actually pretty good. Um, which is another Ron Howard movie where he plays a Formula One driver. Um, oh. And there's also so there are a couple of movies that are like sort of secretly kind of good that he's in. That both, like, flop pretty hard, because he's in Black Hat, too, mm.
1: which is oh. uh,
0: a Michael Mann movie about hackers,
1: Yeah, um, and
0: which I haven't seen, but I've been told that's a pretty decent movie, and Chris Hemsworth pretty, is pretty good in it. It's
1: pretty good, um,
0: huh? And then he sort of splits, he sort of diverges into, like, okay, so half the time he's going to do like military tough guy in like extraction or that movie about 9-11 firefighters or whatever. Kind of
1: playing a, kind of like what Chris Evans was kind of doing for a hot second.
0: Yeah. Where he's just like, I don't know. I guess I'm just a tough guy. Yeah. But then he also has like Ghostbusters 2016 where he's doing, he's like really leaning into the himbo yeah. Thor thing where yeah. he's like, I'm hot and stupid. Maybe that's my thing. Yeah.
1: God. And then like, that movie's shot. just got a, it's just weird all around.
0: Yeah, and, like, that works, and people like it, but he doesn't really stick in that space. No. Um. Oh, in Men in Black International, he's kind of doing neither. He's kind of just like, a dude? Uh, I'm around, I guess, and that's a yeah. terrible movie. Um, it's not until, like, Spider-Head this year when I feel like he is sort of, like, channeling his, like, sort of like smiley Thor energy, yeah. He's like Taika Waititi Thor energy like, into a direction. When they let
1: Thor be good, yeah.
0: Into like a direction that I think actually like can transfer into something else. I think he's really fucking mm-hmm. good in Spiderhead, where he's like the uh uh, he's like the cool boss at this like yeah fucking government psyop facility. That's fine. Like. You know he's trying so hard to like be your friend and be on your side when he's the one who's like systematically yeah. drugging you and brainwashing you the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's fucking incredible in that. And he spends so much time just like smiling and being like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Like, you know, you can yeah, come like, talk yeah, to me about anything that's by on my your office, mind.
2: you know. Like, well, we'll yeah, have, we'll exactly. Have a long time together.
0: And that works for him so well. I don't know how much longer he's going to be Thor after Love and Thunder, which mm. pretty much everyone is on the same page as yeah. being not very good. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know if he's going to stick it out through the next couple Avengers movies or if he'll find some other way out in some weird, you know, spot at some point. Um, but it just seems like I'm, I'm excited for him to figure it out. And I think Mad Max. And him with that facial hair yeah. is a good pivot. It's a good I think fit. That, it feels that's right. a good way it feels to deal good. with
2: him. Yeah, that's a good piv. That's a good bake.
0: <laughs> he is also going to be in uh, Extraction 2
1: this oh. year, I Ooh. guess. Jesus what?
0: Because Extraction was that Netflix movie that the Russo brothers produced.
1: Yeah, that is boring.
0: There was that couple of years where the Russo brothers produced, like, three different, like, boring military action movies starring Avengers stars in, like, two years. Cherry. Uh Where there was, like, Chadwick Boseman in 12 Bridges, and he's, like, a cop in New York, and there's a blackout or something. (laughs) someone "Uh, who gives a shit. Yeah. I don't think I care. And everyone's like, okay. Um... So yeah, I guess he's gonna be in Extraction Two next year. This year, thank in twenty oh, twenty yeah. two, he's gonna Extraction Two.
1: We're kind of running out of time for Extraction <laughs> Two.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, okay, that was Chris Hemsworth corner. Uh, how well, are we feeling about three thousand years of longing?
2: It's the best movie.
0: Yeah, the only good movie, I think. The only good yeah, movie, only
2: the only one. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I, 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 I'm w- wondering where the movie industry is going to go like post pandemic. And I think we've talked about mm-hmm. this a lot, but I think that the fact that this movie has performed so poorly and is like, it it's, it's really fun. Like we really love it. I just am so worried that like people don't care enough anymore to just go see like a movie that might be weird. Good, you know? movies. Yeah. And, like,
3: yeah.
2: I don't know. It just kind of, it's, it's rough because like that's, that's part of what the movie industry, I feel like, has always been, which is, like, you know, you don't always know if you're going to love something, like, but it's kind of worth it to try because it's it could be really fun. And, like, the fact that, it, I mean, we love this movie. Maybe it's not everyone's favorite because I think it's valid to, like, prefer something that has more of a narrative structure. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird to think about, Like, no one is seeing it. Like, you know, because it's, yeah, it doesn't have anything attached to it besides a couple of big names. Like, Mm
3: -hmm. it's,
2: I just am curious to see where things go. And, like, I, my grandpa told me yesterday is, and I didn't look it up, but like, Regal Theaters, like, filed for bankruptcy. Like, they are not. Yeah, that
0: was something going on a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'm trying to remember so what that story it's actually was. It's just like
2: it's curious to me because I think I think that it's still worth it to go to a movie theater and see a movie and like experience it in a full like picture capacity ability, and it just that it feels bad to me like something is gnawing on the back of my brain that like this yeah this industry is not gonna do well because of. <laughs> Oh, yeah. like the the inability for people to to try something be patient, that they're not, they're yeah, not familiar with, yeah.
3: Well, right, and it's yeah. weird.
1: I mean, I just think the ways in which capitalism and art kind of work together and help and hinder each other is just strange. Because, like, I don't know, right. I feel like when you are paying money for a piece of art there's this weird idea that the art has to be perfect in order Mm -hmm. to be worth the amount of money that you're spending on it. And I just think that's fundamentally against what art is. Like art and perfection should not be anywhere near each other in the same sentence yeah. like I don't know <laughs> right like when we talk about like I mean that's like all that CinemaSins is is poking holes and like what is wrong with a piece of art in their eyes and it's like but isn't that kind of the point of art is that it's not perfect and it is fallible and it is made by humans but it expresses something that we enjoy about it and that's what we keep coming back for so like when it comes to like art and film specifically there is like this like idea that like oh if i'm only gonna go see this movie if i know that it's good and i know that it's Mm. perfect and i'm like well maybe it's not perfect maybe it's this weird little train wreck but maybe you get something out of it anyway even if it's not i mean that's the point of this podcast maybe the movie's not good and you like it anyway like that's just the point of (laughs) art period like i just think i think it is good like i love Art for art's sake. It just needs to exist and you yeah. get something out of it. Like that's beautiful. That's why we should be going to the movies. Because right. like when I think of like the movie experiences that I really remember, like I mean obviously when there's like events like uh Infinity War, like that's when I remember. I remember mm-hmm. being in theaters and like crying with everybody in theaters. It was great and yeah. fun and wild and cool. Well, that's- and then I think of going and seeing Encanto with my friend group, and us just loving that movie, and just like having that experience in the theater of appreciate it. And Encanto is not a perfect movie; it is a flawed piece of art, but that's what's yeah, it's great the worst about movie it. Made. Shut up, Jackson. You knew what <laughs> and you, then you I walked think- into, that Adeline but then I think about us going and seeing Venom and just laughing our asses (laughs) off in Venom in this packed theater like I will never forget that where like we were just loving this movie Mm -hmm. for a reason that nobody else in the theater was loving it for and like it's the like I, I mean that's the entire point of the podcast where it's like do I think that Venom is a quote unquote good movie no do I love it and think that it has worth yes like that's just like ugh Go see movies, it's worth it. Yeah. Just enjoy art. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to be good. You just have to right. like it.
0: Here's my thing. I have a whole thesis on this right now.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Which is that uh I you know, a lot of the major reason why theaters are struggling a little bit is that um for the last like ten years, basically, uh TV has been eating movies fucking lunch. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Like, and that's one of the things I always had to keep in mind. We're talking about oh, the only movies that succeed anymore are big franchise blockbusters. People only show up for things that they're familiar with already. Like things don't just succeed organically anymore, which is I think mostly true with exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to remember that like television, on is the other hand,
1: exploding with new is, stuff. Yeah. It's
0: exploding with new, fresh, original this content every year that takes over the fucking world. A mm-hmm. violent Korean horror drama, yeah, like, took yeah. over the planet, the planet, Emmys. like, last year, yeah, swept the Emmys, like, not even an English language project, yeah. right, yeah. that is absolutely insane and completely unprecedented on an artistic
1: level. Well, and I mean, we're level. still fucking talking about Stranger Things, even if we don't yeah. like it anymore. We're still all fucking <laughs> oh, talking well, about Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, like,
2: Stranger Things resurrected a song from the 80s that, like, never even charted or, like, was, like, eight right. second like for the highest, and it became the song of the summer, arguably, in my opinion.
0: Right yeah, and um, but the thing is, so that's important to remember, True. That, you know, you can't just be like, "Art is dead. I don't know, maybe the yeah, cinema yeah. is, but it could be worse. Um, but also, on top of that, I feel like I am seeing in real time that pendulum start to swing back the other way right now, because like for so long it was like, oh, movies, it's all franchises, especially like superhero movies. Mm-hmm even if it's not Marvel and DC superhero movies. There's other, yeah. Yeah, it would be like, oh, it's Power Rangers, it's Captain Underpants, it's (laughs) Scooby-Doo is a superhero movie now, I guess. Scooby-Doo is
1: a fucking superhero (laughs) now, yeah.
0: But I feel like we're way past that, like trying to Bogart the superhero movie thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that is easing off quite a lot. Um, I think that I'm seeing that like IP pendulum swing Mm -hmm. from television or swing from movies to television like in real time right Yeah. like marvel mm-hmm. is taking over on disney plus star wars is basically just a tv franchise now for all intents yeah. and purposes yeah. um lord of the Re- amazon spent a billion dollars on a lord of the rings tv show literally, literally on HBO Max. Really here it's yeah.
2: it's pretty good i really it's like, pretty, like the first I episode like it.
0: um but you know like it seems like that ip pendulum is starting to swing towards tv It seems like it's not that they can't get people to watch TV that's not a franchise. It's that they know that IP on television is going to move subscription numbers, which is their number one most important thing. Mm -hmm. So they're diverting their assets to that instead, which I think we are already kind of seeing is freeing up a lot of space for original content in movies. To like have
1: room so they can have a theater. So (laughs) Spider-Man is taking up all six theaters.
0: Right. And, like, just this year, like, we had, um, uh, The North Man was a Universal Studios movie. We had, mm-hmm. like, a couple of, like, high-concept studio comedies with Lost City and, uh, uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is A24 yeah. spending, like, more money than they've ever spent on a movie. And, and making it a big, yeah. like, populist action movie, you know, on a on a medium budget. Um, there is uh, uh, Nope, which is, like, spectacularly mm-hmm. huge. I mean, it's driven by a really specific auteur. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Christopher Nolan and Jordan Peele are sort of, like, the exceptions to the rule of, like, that whole IP thing. They're, like, the For two sure. auteurs that can, like, just, just pull get an original out, movie yeah. made, you know, all the time.
1: I don't know um, why I said pull it out You know what I mean Yeah, You know what um, I mean You know what I mean Wink
0: But like Nope is a totally original Like non-franchise Like blockbuster family action movie yeah. Basically yeah. Like I mean I, I guess it's R-rated But like it, it is like a populist <laughs> Take kids movie Take to it Yeah um, Take Bullet yeah. Train Did we all what? just stop? <laughs> what?
2: You were, you, were, you were like bullet train.
0: I, I stopped because I heard somebody else. Sorry. We are right.
2: doing background bits. We are just giving, we are filling out the room. We are just filling. We were like, take your kids to this off-rated film. You know?
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, but like bullet train is just like an original action movie with a movie star in it that's really successful. Yeah. And like, We're just we're I feel like there's a lot of space opening up for that kind of movie on a bigger budget level right now because those assets are being like diverted to television. There was a Predator movie that came out this year that was exclusive to Hulu.
3: Yeah, like
0: they're putting shit on streaming services and there's a space available in the in the film industry for it right now.
2: It's wild. It'll be interesting to see. So I'm cautiously
0: optimistic about the whole thing. I
2: think that's true. I just am, like, I think it's worth it to diversify as much like, storytelling, which is what this movie is about. Yeah. Like, diversify the storytelling that you hear and, like, honestly, yeah. It's, I think it's so sick that like, we're getting a lot of Marvel like, TV, because it's, it was always originally a serialized, like, medium, you know? Like, it's hard to to capture something in a two and a half hour time span that is like issues and issues and issues long, and it's a, it's a difficult thing to do, but I just hope that like people don't lose the the longing to see things that do belong in like a a two hour time span, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it's right. just hard. It's just hard to see happening and it, it happens all the time like art is always evolving it, I feel it I feel mm-hmm. like I'm being Sebastian from La La Land right now where I'm like it's dying <laughs> yeah Mia. it's dying and I'm the only one who can fix it but <laughs> I still just let me explain jazz to you like but I just think that you know it's worth it to keep seeing movies in theaters and I don't want it to go yeah. away because I enjoy it and I think a lot of people enjoy it and I also think it's like the best way to experience something still so I just well, hope I, that it doesn't like this isn't like a pattern of like really I mean it happens all the time but like it's just such a it's such a bummer it's such a bummer to see Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, and fucking, it's
0: weird. um I want to just really quick <laughs> Ticket to Paradise a fucking like star-driven like family rom-com with julia roberts and george clooney is coming out in a month yeah yeah like uh-huh. no way in fucking hell does that happen three years ago yeah like <laughs> yeah. That, i am i am floored by that movie existing and i'm so excited about it i want to see it so bad okay sorry, it does that's look all.
1: fun i'll watch george clooney have fun for an hour i will sign up for that but i i, I don't know i just i when i'm talking about like ip driven stuff like i don't I understand. Like, I'm on the side of I want original stuff. I want, like, different artists to have more space for different things. But I think that diversity of ideas and storytelling can still happen inside of IP and content we already know. I mean, that's what comic books are. It's people exploring this space that we've created together that we can all work with. Like, that's what makes comics so fun. But... What is so dismal about movies, I think, is because that's why I like Marvel so much, because it comes from that foundation of comics, of people playing in a space together with very different ideas and a bunch of different voices coming together to say different things, which is why I tend to really love Marvel movies, because you can see the indiv- individual voices and stories and character decisions like happening, and it feels natural and it feels right because of that foundation. And like with Star Wars that's what we loved so much about The Last Jedi was that they were playing in the Star Wars space in a way that like hadn't really happened yet. Like we're talking about the morality of the Jedi, we're talking about the morality of just in general of like gray morality of war and spending and how it affects people and like what it means to be bad, what it means to be good, what it means to like leave the past behind, blah, blah, blah. Like it's playing in the space in this really complex, beautiful, hard to think about way. And then... Uh, And then Star Wars turned around and said, we don't like that, actually. We want to do exactly what we've always done in a little cookie-cutter formation of content that is exactly like the old content. And that's what makes me dismay and makes me worry about IP-driven content. Or it's like, if we are opening it up where anybody can come in and play in the space and play with the characters and do something fun and original within this space that we have defined and we're all familiar with, then I don't... I don't see that kind of, like, doomsday, like, art is dead inside of IP kind of mentality. But when right. it comes to, like, we, it, it, it's IP-driven, so it has to be this, this, and this. And if it's not this and it's not getting made, then I kind of understand that, like, that pessimism when it comes to stuff all being IP, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it's fascinating that, like, you know... Disney, like, you know, is at the forefront of, like, everything we're talking about in all this. They're, like, yeah. basically haven't made an original non-IP movie in years. I mean, besides, like, their animated movies, like, yeah. live action. Um, But, but like, it's weird to think about how Warner Brothers is, like, pretty much exactly as IP-driven as Disney is. But I think that Warner Brothers... Is really good actually about letting people have really weird fucking ideas in their franchise. Oh, definitely, movies. definitely. Like Warner Brothers is where we got Matrix Resurrections and Mad Max Fury Road and Blade Runner twenty forty nine and yeah. I mean, you fuck know, for even... better or for worse, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, like it's yeah, a weird that's the fucking best movie. movie. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's a weirdest. <as laughs> and fuck. like that's why I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and like the Batman. Like it seems like yeah. Warner Brothers is constantly and you know they also do like. Space Jam, a new legacy. Like, and they gotta scoob. get the content in there. Yeah. Scoob. <laughs> but, like, it seems like they, like, are more comfortable, like, doing what you're talking about. Being like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna make a Matrix movie. Just, you know, do you. Mm-hmm. Do whatever we the fuck you as, want, man. Yeah. You don't care as long as it's a Matrix movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: And that's Neo's what I in think. It, it's good. <laughs> that's what I think about the fucking live action remakes of Disney movies. If, like, I-, I want you like ugh, like I think that's what's I think that's why Cinderella is one of the best ones because it feels like somebody playing in the space. There's like different designs going on. They play with the story a little bit more. They stretch out some characters, they add some more stuff. And not a whole lot, but there is a little bit of that in that movie. Way more than there is in any of the other remakes. It just seemed like the cookie cutter, we have to do it exactly the same way that it is in the original. And then why the fuck are you even making this movie? Like, it doesn't... Even, like, the best parts of Aladdin, the live-action remake, I feel like are that. Somebody kind of playing in the space and trying to make something new with the characters we're familiar with. And then I just, like... I don't know, I constantly see that, like, weird conflict of, like, I I want you to play in the space with these familiar characters, but also you tend to make really bad decisions that are stupid and are totally based off of gotcha journalism, like... yeah. The fucking mm. like I I was so afraid of the Snow White movie. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> yeah. but I don't like it. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, and I feel like it's gonna be a train wreck. And it's gonna be a new idea, but it's gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna be based off well, of yeah. stupid feminist Reaction, discussions like, from twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be like, well, uh, actually, she has a sword and she wears flat. She wears Converse <laughs> with her prom dress. I'm gonna be like, fuck, I hate Which, this. Well, yeah, also, I mean,
2: they've already done that with. Uh, like, sin- like Snow White, like, in yeah, and
1: we d- and we, we could that. do that yeah. in 2012. 2012 was the time that you could do that, and I would be like, fine. There's a space for this in 2022, 2023. We cannot be having the same conversation again. We can't yeah. be.
0: No, yeah. I just wanna. This is totally unrelated, but I watched the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio yesterday on Disney Plus day, and people are like so fucking down on that movie. They're like, this is the worst one yet. This is horrible, and. I don't know. I just feel like people are forgetting that the last four Disney live-action remakes are like psyops. They're like yeah. trying. They're like pieces of PR trying to make you forget about BuzzFeed feminism in the like 2010s. Like, yeah, exactly. So many of those movies are like pieces of like ex post facto like revisionist. Yeah. like
3: In but the yeah. most
0: not horrible, even... toxic way. I can't stand it. Listen, and uh, yeah. is not great, but it's not fucking that. And it's like, I'll that. take it any True.
2: day. Yeah, yeah. listen, Mulan. I will, I will step maybe the, up. the yeah. lowest of the low. I could go. Yeah. I could yeah. go on a so tirade bad. about Mulan. I, it hit oh me God. in every one of my sensitive spots where I say, <laughs> yep. "Like mm-hmm. this matters to me," and you're ruining it. You're
1: ruining and you're it. You're ruining it. So much. it. <laughs> well, and it's like, I will step up as the Disney adult to be like, I care a lot about the Disney princesses and their original movies. And I think that you can look at them through a feminist lens, but the way that the remakes look at them is not that. You're right, it's yeah, revisionist history right. to prove a point from 2010. Where it's mm-hmm. like, isn't this fucking Stockholm Syndrome? It's like, well, if you watch the original movie, no. It's but <laughs> it's, instead exactly of that. saying that... They remake the movie and go, it's not Stockholm Syndrome. Wink. And I'm like, this isn't This isn't helpful, this isn't good This is just bad It like weirdly makes the original piece of media Look worse because they're acting (laughs) Like it was worse than it is Like the original Snow White It's got problems, Snow White is not the main Character of that movie but she's cute And she's nice and she helps people out And she gets a happy ending that she deserves Because she's fucking 14, like that's the movie And then to go back and be like That's anti-feminist and we're gonna give her A sword and a girlfriend and she's gonna Fucking teach everybody how to girl. Girl boss her way. I'm like, that's not that just makes the original movie look even worse than it maybe even was. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get the mindset at all. I don't understand it.
0: And like, it's I don't know. I feel like I just can't fucking get over the dumb fucking song Jasmine sings in the Aladdin oh movie. My about God, it's the worst it's thing thing I don't have the the a point. I don't have a point to make about it. I just hate it so fucking much. Because
1: she, she, Jasmine doesn't need to fucking sing that song Because in the original She like speaks for herself She does things <laughs> right. in the movie She is a character with agency Her uh, in, the, uh, in the live action version Her singing that song Makes it seem like the original Jasmine Just sat there and let things happen Which is not what the original movie was like Like the remakes make the original ones seem worse So that they can seem more woke Like that's right. all that the live action remakes are And it fucking drives me insane
0: So Pinocchio here's my thing about Pinocchio people are like so like I don't want to be the guy who's like Pinocchio's <laughs> actually good because it's not I'm not saying that <laughs> but like people are so down on it but I was a little bit refreshed by it to be honest because like it was pretty short pretty it, short it you know left all the good parts of Pinocchio in it didn't cut out the best parts for no reason yeah. it didn't add any fucking stupid bullshit
1: did we talk and, about Pinocchio's mom? Hey, did we
0: talk about Pinocchio's no, mom? No, we didn't talk about Pinocchio's
1: mom. <laughs> did she mom. die? Did she die of the plague? Hey, no. hello. <laughs>
0: uh, and Tom Hanks was in it, and I like him. So I like Tom
1: Hanks. I like what Tom Hanks is in things. So I was
0: like, you know what? As far as these things go, I was pretty okay with that. Like that was fine. Like you know, and everybody else hates it, but I'm like, at least it wasn't fucking propaganda. Okay, like yeah, Jesus no, Christ. honestly. Did we lose PJ? Uh, like, is she still here?
2: I'm still here. I had to
1: pee. I <laughs> didn't even notice, though. You didn't All right. even notice what well, I was Well, I, I think it's... And with that, I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's time to wrap
0: up. Uh, uh, any final thoughts on uh, uh, 3,000 Years a Long
2: Good. Watch it. Watch it. Stories matter. I saw some people, Go some watch. people
0: complain about the flashbacks, which is insane to me, because that's, the, that's movie. the movie. That's, yes. the, that's movie. the movie.
1: movie. Wait, people were complaining. If you're, gonna, about the if you're gonna get mad about narrators, if you're gonna get mad about title cards, if you're gonna get mad about flashbacks, wait, no. never see any. I want to talk about
3: again. that.
2: I want to. Ref- <laughs> okay. I want to talk about that. I'm sorry, this is going longer because the, <laughs> it's okay. the whole point is the freaking flashbacks and <laughs> is the movie story. Yeah. And each of the flashbacks feels so separate. You can tell the difference. They look different from each it's other. It's like an anthology. They're yeah. They're speaking freaking different languages in each one. Like <laughs> it's so good. Each of them are so unique and special and like they look cool and the actors like they all look like normal people. It's full of people Yay. of color. It's so cool. What are you talking about you don't like the flashbacks? What do you want the movie to be then? What do you Right. What? what do you want? They literally
0: it's called <laughs> my tweet. My pithy little tweet was: uh, If you're complaining about the flashbacks, it seems like you're surprised that three thousand years of longing was about three thousand years of longing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. but no, here's the thing: they don't want flashbacks, but they also don't want the movie to the, just be them sitting in the hotel room. So you have to fucking pick <laughs> one. It, it has to be one of those things, which so isn't gonna be. Yeah, to yeah. say it's.
2: If you don't like the movie, that's fine. Say I didn't really <laughs> right. like it, but you can't say I didn't. I don't, don't do the flashbacks. Too many flashbacks. I didn't like it
0: because the of the flashbacks.
2: That's, go, yeah. Well, then you're barred from watching Memento, whoever didn't like the flashbacks, because <laughs> yeah. that's part of yeah. the movie, bitch. Yep. I'm mad now. You will,
1: I will never let you watch Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> I will never allow it.
2: You're barred from any Christopher Nolan movie until you yeah, apologize for what you said about 3,000 years He's of ours. Long.
0: Can I tell you the genuine truth? I was having a pretty bad day at work a little while ago. I was real grumpy. And then I just started thinking about Tenet and how awesome Tenet is. (laughs) And it like cheered me up and like gave me some extra energy. I was like, (laughs) fuck, remember when they're wind sailing and Elizabeth DeVickey tries to kill Pushes Pushes him out of the water. I was fucking awesome.
2: Tenet puts a pep in my step and gave me my second wind. That's hilarious.
0: Uh so hey do you guys want to hear a one star review of uh 3000 years of longing? No. no. Uh so this review comes from Letterbox.com, Uh and this person says, "What the hell? Why does that black guy have big ears?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh it's cuz he's hot as fuck. Excuse me? It's because yeah, he's I'm hot as fuck. I'm sorry that you're
2: kink shaming him that he's <laughs> into elf lore sorry
0: everyone's into elf core
1: everyone's into elf elf core don't even with me he's because he's hot as fuck you just don't get it you fucking normie i wear this hat every day i'm weird what are you at
2: the at pig out in the park wearing elf ears and i tried so hard not to stare at them i said you know because they're (laughs) living life they know what they want i said live your life girl
1: listen if i had the courage to wear elf ears every day i would but i don't so i just look at them and i just yearn
2: just like Idris Elba, Idris Elba like had I mean, pointy ears. Did he have pointy ears and ca- yeah, yeah, ear cat ears and cats, cat ears and cats. he did. He's I guess he mean, I don't
0: know. When was the last time Idris Elba was in a good movie?
2: I don't know this movie.
1: <laughs> this one. I mean I know. I'm thinking this
0: one. I guess he was in Suicide Squad. I forgot he about was
1: that. Su- yeah, He was he, he's he's the only thing, thing in Suicide Squad. squad. He's yeah. Suicide Squad.
0: Before that, I think it's Molly's game. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's good movie, though. Wait, Jackson what... loves Molly's game. Don't even. Molly's game
0: rules. A lot of people don't like Molly's game. I think that movie fucks.
1: Yeah, Jackson loves Molly's game.
0: It yourself was good in Molly's game. Yeah,
1: Can we Molly end the podcast movies. Jesus?
0: It's already over.
1: <laughs> okay, bye. See you later.
2: It's
3: already over.
1: It's already over. Thanks for listening. We love you.